Rosa, you just got back from Kruger. Must have been an awesome time. Was your first time in Kruger? Yeah, I've never done the flipping Kruger, bro. Twenty six years old, and I've never done the Kruger. I was actually having a discussion the other day with someone. We were talking about, you know, how amazing our country is. If you think about, you know, the variety of what we have here. If we think about, you know, okay, Joburg average, but if you look at, you know, the Kruger. Let's just say those game areas. Yeah. You've got beaches. You've got desert area. You've got mountainous areas. Obviously, I was just recently in Clarence. You know, that was my first time there. I mean, yeah. that place is so incredible. But you got you got mountains like that. You got the borders of Lesotho. You've got Durban. You got KZN. You got yeah. the Winelands in the Western Cape. Kruger. You know that whole area there with all the animals i mean but if you look at kzn they've got game reserves they've got beaches yeah they've got you know the mountains i think kzn is probably the the place with the most variety in terms of you know all of that yeah look to be honest i think we can safely say to start everything off our country is a shit show at the moment <laughs> it's honestly a flippin' joke like petrol is through the roof we've got load shedding every damn day like, it's cuck. And I think to shed some light on the aspect of that, then I as well, we, we are lucky in the sense that, you know what, we can hate our country as much as we want. That's shit. It goes with regards to all of the political stuff. But then you bring up all of those aspects, you know, the nature that we have, things like the Kruger Park, um, the wildlife that we have here. Being able to take a five-hour drive, six-hour drive, however long it takes to get down to Durban, for instance, uh, to go to the beach there. You know, we are extremely lucky to be able to have all of that stuff literally at our outside our doorsteps. Um, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the, the Brits now, bro, they're going batshit crazy. I reject them. It's been 29 degrees in the UK. And I saw a video on Instagram of my mate at the beach. Bro, they were sitting on top of each other. Like, literally, like, it's they've never seen the sun a day in their flipping life. But uh, they were they all haven't. there. <laughs> yeah, they probably haven't explained the, why they're so snowy but white. You, bro, but you, yeah. obviously, you and Steph potentially would like to immigrate. Yeah, look, I'd love to get overseas at some stage. You know what? It's That's always a tough thing as well. It's... Like my one mate that's in the UK at the moment, he wants to come back to South Africa. But I'm like, I say to him, I'm like, but you've got it good there at the moment. Why not stay there? But he's like, I love my country. And I think that's that's the tough thing. You know what? In my profession in teaching, going overseas is the best option for me. And it will eventually at some stage lead to that. Um, but it's not just like, you know, okay, cool. I can't just pack up right now and go. There's still... I mean, it's taken me 26 years to get to the Kruger Park. So there's other things I still need to do in this country and experience and all of that. I can't just, you know, pack up shop and duck. And save, so, saving, bro. you got to save because and that's of the exchange rate. That's the thing, bro. It's, 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 that is something, that's a long-term plan, that, bro. You've got to sit and be like, okay, cool. I plan maybe 35 years old. I want to head over to, I want to go overseas. I want to immigrate. But you obviously do need to save for something like that. You can't just go and flip. If I had to leave now, bro, and land up there, I'm going to be standing on the side of the road begging for money. I don't have cash to go there at the moment. But it is definitely a plan at some stage to be able to to head overseas. And I definitely think my profession, it thrives a lot more overseas. Over here, don't get me wrong, it's great, but nah. 
Yeah, because you know overseas, the pay gaps are very they're, they're similar in terms of teaching doctors. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, yeah. all of those jobs or jobs in general, other than maybe business owners, but where you pay yourself. But you know, a teacher gets a very good living compared to in South Africa. You kind of struggle. Yeah, you know, you don't struggle, but you it's not. An amazing salary is like I mean, bro, you can work in the McDonald's in America yeah. and still have a flat. Well, that's the thing. In bro. South Africa, you're a teacher and you have a flat. Yeah. No. So that that's the thing where you can have a minimum wage job overseas mm. and still live the same life you would here with yeah. a pretty decent job. Oh, look, bro, there's uh, with the salary that you get as a teacher, you you can live comfortably. It's not to say that you know that you can yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can live you can live very comfortably. I mean, um you it's obviously all dependent on the person you are. It depends if you are spending money on takeout every single night, then yeah, of course you're going to you're not gonna be able to thrive with your cash and all of that stuff. So it's things like that. I mean, one of my teachers at the school there, he's been teaching for like twenty something years. His house is ginormous. He stays in Nortierville. It's a nice house. Um, and you look at that and you're like, okay, it's it's possible. I mean, you know, my parents are both teachers and we have lived, obviously, we live, we in the medium bracket of financial status and all of that stuff. It's it's things like that. So it's, it's all dependent on you, bro. It's for you, the oak that's going to go crazy with their money. And the moment you get paid, you're just like, okay, cool. New shoes, new clothes, this. Boom, all your money's gone. Then obviously you're not going to get to what you want to get to. So, And I mean, I'm guilty of that sometimes. There's months where I just like, oh, okay, cool. I've been paid. Let me go buy this, this, this. Next minute, I'm not even... Five days later, I'm like, shit, I'm broke. <laughs> well, every time you're on the <laughs> podcast, you've got a new cap on. That's the thing, Bruce. So when I've got a new cap on, that's when you know I'm. I'm, I'm no, but I'm you've had that for at least two months, three months. I think so. I think it's been about two months, possibly, possibly two months. Well, I've recently started reading, going back to like the petrol situation and yeah. the, the situation in the country. A book called The Daily Stoic and um, another book. So this book, The Daily Stoic, is basically, you know, based on the Stoic principles of you know, Marcus Aurelius and all of those philosophers. And I've also started reading Marcus Aurelius's book, which is Meditations. And, you know, the main principle of Stoicism is don't allow what you cannot control to consume you, to take up, you know, bra- your bandwidth of brain capacity. Yeah. And don't allow something that's completely out of your control to upset you or to mm. set you back or yeah. to change your mood. So, you know, that's kind of what you kind of have to do with and I was having this conversation with my dad on Saturday with um, the electricity, the outages, the petrol prices, the inflation. Yeah. You know, you can't control that. You can't, I mean, what all these people posting tons and tons of things on social media about, oh, the petrol price, oh, the mm. country sucks, all this, all this. Like, what does it help? It doesn't, like, yeah. you can complain until you're blue in the face mm. about petrol prices, inflation, all of that. It's not going to help you. All it's going to do is make you more negative yeah. and just make the people around you more negative. So the only thing, you know, in this book, it's kind of helped me is, you know, this is the situation. The more I allow it to affect me is not going to change the situation. Yeah. You need to look at what's in your control. Okay, what's in my control is to budget better. Mm. What's in my control is to maybe drive less, carpool, those kind of things. So you you focus on what you can control because when you try to focus on 
you know, the negative things that are completely, even in this book, bro, it's crazy. It says like, your body is not even in control. You can't control if you actually get sick tomorrow. Yeah. You can't control, I mean, your knees. That was out of your control. Yeah, literally. So you can't constantly be like, I mean, if you were born blind, you can't do anything other than just be blind. Yeah. So you got to focus on things you can control. You can control your own happiness. You can control your own perception of things. You can control your thought process towards things. And it's kind of just saying like, dude, inflation, the economy, everything's out of your control. Focus on what you can control and that's your own happiness. Yeah, dude. I think honestly, we are at a time now where we can't do much. And uh, like you say, there's nothing we can control. Uh, doesn't help ranting and raving about the petrol. At the end of the day, like you say, we're going to have to make a plan for just put more money. We're going to have to put money aside, budget better. Like you say, do a carpool. Um, because it's, yeah, it's, unfortunately it's crazy. And I can promise you now the people sitting in power do not care. They can't do anything about it as well because... It all just links together. If we don't get a certain amount of oil from one country, then you know, then our petrol obviously is going to take a knock. Um, but it's also something like, with regards to like the power situation, it is out of obviously our control. But I think what frustrates people is I've, I've I had a discussion. I think it was with my dad the one day. We were speaking about ESCOM. ESCOM. At some stage, I'm not too sure. This episode is sponsored by Nutricon. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the code SCOM sucks and save 20% off on all Nutricon products. SCOM sucks. Yes, and we can vouch for that. <laughs> but um, at a stage, I think, look, I don't know 100% of the facts, but there was a point where SCOM was perfect. It was literally running perfectly because it was left. The engineers that obviously were working at SCOM, I think all just ducked overseas and left. And then obviously with the political parties that we have that came in and took over, they stopped servicing the machines. They stopped maintaining them. And that is obviously what has led now to all of this stuff taking place. And now when shit literally hits the fan, it's like, okay, okay, now we actually need to start servicing. So now we're going to do stage six power cuts um, but now it's kind of not servicing. It's kind of, oh, I've got a cut. Let me just put a little bandage But yes, it. yeah. That's that's the best way you could explain it because it's stuffed already. If they had just stuck to when those engineers obviously had handed over ESCOM and all of that stuff, they were, there should have been a full-on instruction manual. But now in our country, it's like we'll get the instruction manual on how to do everything perfectly to the T. But typical South Africans will just chuck the instruction manual. Okay, we know what to do. We don't need this help. So And those people that are doing it now exactly. aren't the civil or the mechanical engineers. No, they're, not. they're the people that have got the tenders that yes. probably don't even have an engineering degree. Exactly. And that's that's the case. So now it's oh uh, well, okay, no, this this machine is now breaking down. Okay, well, like you say, just take a plaster. We'll just try to tweak one or two things over here, but we still need to cut out half of Joburg. They don't get power because we need to fix this thing now. But then it's just a, a constant process of, okay, now this one's bugging out now. Now we need to fix that. So honestly, I don't think they realize that they've shot themselves in the foot with regards to that. Like they got given ESCOM in pristine condition, and now it's literally gone to a ball of shit. So now what? Now... We're going we're gonna to be having it forever in a day because you can't recover it now. It's Yeah. So. 
Well, stupid. you know, we're also talking about other countries immigrating to other countries yeah. and people wanting to come back. But, you know, our fuel price, obviously it could have been maybe remedied slightly. For a government could have helped a little bit. But, you know, obviously it's because of this war, because of the Ukraine, bef- yeah. because of all this. I mean, fuel prices all around the world have obviously increased. Every country has its problems. Every single place has some issues. I mean, we in South Africa are fortunate, fortunate enough not to have any natural disasters. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you look at America, you look at the political unrest in America, if you look at the racism in America, you yeah. know, I've heard people say that racism is worse in America than it is in South Africa. Yeah. You know, so there's so many problems in so many different places. You know, and, and people always, obviously, it's so cliche to say, but people do think it's green on the other side. Yeah. The grass is green on the other side. Sometimes it could be. I think a lot of places it will be, but it's just going to be a different type of problem that you're going to experience. Yeah, I think it's your minor country, your smaller little countries, you could say, because, I mean... Uh, if you like, okay, South Africa, Africa in general has an issue. America has an issue. You go to your smaller little countries. I mean, um, I know like one of the teachers that immigrated to Netherlands with her husband. Um, I mean, they cycle everywhere, bro. So things like that, that eliminates a lot of the things. But you look at Netherlands. Netherlands is not ginormous like North America, like Africa, like Australia. It's a lot smaller, so they've got a lot more control. My cousin's uh, actually in Netherlands. You see, so probably if you had to ask your cousin now, they'd probably say it. Like, My aunt and uncle are leaving so as well to Netherlands. You see, so smaller countries like that, like Switzerland, Sweden, they're all able to prioritize and monitor the certain things. And if something does go wrong, they obviously have their ways to fix it but it doesn't need as much power because it's such a small little country to manage whereas us when one thing goes wrong generally it's a whole snowball effect that comes after that but i mean yeah i think the bigger countries there is it's definitely not green i mean australia i think i found out the other day that they're sitting i think at 33 australian dollars for petrol or something like that so it's also through the roof it's not like you know our 27 rand it's high, but Australia, same thing as well. They coughing with petrol at the moment. I know, obviously, America are struggling. So I definitely think wherever you go, there's still crap. Yeah. Um, well, I know, I mean, when we went to, you know, we, we were going to, we went to Italy, but first we, we landed in Paris. Yeah. And, you know, we think we're going to this first world country. Everything's going to run so smoothly. Mm. Everything's going to be, you know, sorted then we get to the front of the line to, you know, get passport stamped or whatever and then go into um, France. And there were some issues with the lady there. Their system was also down. Yeah, there was that. So there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, you think everything's perfect somewhere else. I was actually, you know, ironically enough, I was having a Zoom call with an online training client that's in America. Yeah. And as I was about to call him, the power went out. And then I was explaining to him load shedding and what yeah. it is. And it was so foreign to him. You see. He I was like, that. I don't understand. <laughs> like, how can there not be power? Yeah. And like, it's so foreign and it's so interesting to see, you know. And I mean, he, okay, he was here in South Africa for four years. So, yeah. I mean, obviously he left when he was four. So, he can't understand really the country. But, you know, it's just interesting to see how 
something that we have become so accustomed to. I mean, mm. if you say load shedding to a four-year-old, they understand what oh, load yeah. shedding is. No, they know exactly. But now you say it to a 30-year-old man in America and he's like, oh, why are they cutting the power? Like, how can there be an issue with power? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, but that's the thing. It's, they, they never truly understand. I mean, you've got to grow up, but I mean, it's something that we've adapted to now. It's part of our everyday lives. It's, Nothing that we're not used to. It's you at work, you get a message like Scom's a push, you know, okay, well, Scom load shedding six till eight o'clock tonight. It's cool. Just gotta make alternate plans and you gotta arrange a few things when you're gonna cook dinner, all of that stuff. And then you say it to someone overseas, they just like uh you know. But speaking of that as well, we had um when we were at Kruger now, we were busy dishing up at the buffet and that stuff. And obviously a lot of foreigners there. So these two girls in front of us. Go there and they see Budavos, bro. And they, <laughs> they literally look at it. Ask the lady, what meat is this? She looks at them, she just goes, Budavos. <laughs> their facial expressions, bro, were just like, uh, okay. And they just carried on. But like, even things simple like that, you know, relating that to the SCOM and all of that stuff, things like food as well. You'd speak about that to them, they sit there and they're just like, oh, what? the hell are you talking about so that was just a random off topic no yeah but it's 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 also because i mean (laughs) every food in america obviously america's got way more countries involved i mean if i mean like the most eaten food in america is like chinese food but obviously it's not chinese chinese but it's the american version of chinese food yeah and we obviously have maybe become more accustomed to chinese food and sushi and all that because we first saw it on tv Mm. then obviously popularized here in the country but i mean not what Americans gonna watch a movie where someone's eating burros? Yeah, even Biltong, you know, exactly. they only know it as jerky. So it's just interesting, and I don't know if it'll ever get to that stage, but it definitely has improved. But I mean, I was even listening to a Joe Rogan interview where he was like, he wasn't sure about the rules of rugby. Yeah, and I mean, rugby is a massively popular sport around the entire, entire world. world. Yeah, but even you know, someone that's as well traveled as mixed with famous people as Joe Rogan doesn't even know what rugby or really what the rules are. Yeah, I think I think there's so much out there that no one knows a lot about. I mean, vice versa. I mean, you look at the Americans looking at us, they don't know what this food is, what Burvos is. They don't know why the power would be cut out, for instance. But I suppose if we had to go there, for instance... Okay, look, I honestly think South Africans are a lot more knowledgeable than other people in other countries. So we'll put that out there. But um, I think if we had to go to an American society, we're not going to know certain things there. They might do something you like, why do you guys do that? What's the reasoning behind this? I think there's so much out there for that we don't know. Yeah, we well, think I mean, we know yeah. a lot, but... But if you, you even know, look at you know how our days are structured, yes, because obviously how far you have to travel to certain places... You don't really want to be driving home from Pretoria at two in the evening. But in like New York, people walk back, people finish work later in the mm. day. People, you know, only go out to two in the morning and they leave the apartment and they can walk three blocks and they're at a club. Yeah. Where in South Africa, it's like you you gotta drive forty minutes to get to truth exactly. or you gotta do this. And you know, that's also a different lifestyle where, you know, People are going to bed at like four or five o'clock in America and then waking yeah. up at like 10, 11 and starting work. Yeah. Whereas in South Africa, it's kind of eight to five, you do it, that's what it is. But now overseas is completely different. If you look at Paris, if you look at all of those like cities that mm. are so on top of each other, yes. everything's just so different. And 
People stay up late at the restaurants are open almost 24-7. Yeah. Here, maybe you're lucky these days if a McDonald's is open 24-7. Yeah, nowadays, it's a fight to get a McDonald's. Yeah. If you want a McFlurry at 2 in the morning, where well, you're not getting it because either the ice cream machine's fucked out or <laughs> it's not open. Bro, That's so you, you recently, to shift this a bit, had to put down your dog. Yeah, bro. Oh, it's, I think it's the worst thing to do to a human being. Dude, it's so cuck. Yeah, it was horrible. Shame. The dog was... Ugh. He was old, bro, but he's just, you know, when they come to stop eating and all of that stuff, you're just like, geez, okay, you know, you don't want to torture this dog anymore. And obviously just took him to the vet and there are alternatives, but you look at it in the long run for your dog and you're just like, mm, it's not worth it. It's not, they're going to be suffering. They might like be put on a drip to help them a little bit and to eat a bit more. But at the end, is you just prolonging the inevitable. So, yeah, bro. So I take my hat off to vets. And I don't know how the vets do it. And I think to myself now that when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be a vet. I'd love to do it. And you look at it now and you're like, I'm so glad I did not go into that profession because, I mean. All they do is put down dude. dogs and cut off testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, cut. they cut off the dog's balls and then put them down a couple of years later. No, dude, it's it's... Jeez, it's a whole, it's a thing. Uh, it's it's not lacquer to to witness. And I mean, a shame. I, I went with my with my old man, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, into you, I've never seen my old man cry in my twenty six years of being alive, bro. To watch a big man like that break down, like for an animal, it's it's a scary, scary thing to see. And I mean, I st- I was like, Ugh, I'll stay around when they put him to sleep and all of that stuff. And yeah, uh, it's it's in, it's intense, bro. But it happens. It's part of life. So I think that's just something you've got to come accustomed to and used to it. So yeah. I was watching a Netflix, not really a documentary, but it's kind of you know, there's like five or six episodes of like what things are going to be like in the future. I can't yeah. remember what it's called. And it's about communicating with dogs and you know yeah. them being able to kind of do certain things. I don't know, obviously super far in the future, but they can read certain uh, hormones that the dogs are excreting. They can monitor the heartbeats and Mm. they can see all these things too. And then they can communicate with the dogs. But they say you're going to be able to basically talk to your dog and you're going to see if it, like, you can give it, let's just say you have Biltong for it or you have Burvos. Then based on the dog's reaction and the chemicals it excretes, the heartbeat, the... You know, the body thing, yeah. the body language, whatever. You can see, okay, he likes this one more. And they were kind of just posing the question, would you want to be able to communicate with your dog properly? Because they were, you know, that common question of when you see, when you get home, you see your dog, how excited it mm. is. Like now to understand what that dog is feeling when you're yeah. away. Is the dog constantly, when is my owner getting home? Where, where's Jesse? Where's Jesse? Yeah. Where's Jesse? Or is their memory as bad as what we think that they've already forgotten that they were waiting all day for yes. us once we're home? You know, I, and I was thinking, and they posed the question, would you want to know? I don't think I would because mm. just now your dog remembers every single time you've ever left him alone. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wouldn't, you. Yeah, I, I, obviously they don't because yeah. we know dogs, but, you know, I don't want to know that my dog is for eight hours while I'm out, like, Suffering yes. because I'm away because you can see they su- they're not happy when people yes. leave. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know. No, I also don't think. I think I'd rather just keep that side of 
Ignorance is bliss sometimes. Yeah, I think with uh, that whole side of animals and all of that stuff. Look, it would be cool to know what your dog's talking about, or like what they're thinking and flip. If a dog could talk, it would be great. But I'd rather just keep that side silent, I think, because like you say, you see your dog, the moment you leave them, it's like they sit at the door and look at you like, okay, you're leaving me now. They're not happy about it. Um you don't want to know what they're going through then because obviously it's going to upset you because you're like, oh, you know, you upset your dog now. You don't want to upset your dog. So I think I'd rather just keep that side quiet. I wouldn't. There were cool things that they say, like let's say someone's walking past with another dog and your dog's barking at them. Yes. They can communicate somehow with your dog to say, don't worry, that dog's not coming to your house and calm your dog down. Yes. Or like a delivery guy's at your front door and your dog's barking at them. Yeah. But now you can communicate with the dog to be like, this guy's not going to harm you. So there's certain things like that, yeah, you see, which yeah. I find, I didn't concentrate that hard while I was watching this, I'll be honest. But I find that very, I can't see that ever happening. No. In our lifetime, at least. You're never going to be able to communicate enough with the dog to be able to tell it, don't worry, this yeah. is cool. Yeah. He's a friend. No, I don't think, uh, look, yeah, if you put in those certain, I think certain aspects of it would be awesome. Um you know, definitely when the, because I know my dogs go batshit crazy when there's someone at the gate, and to tell them, okay, just chill, like stop, they they obviously don't listen. So it's my pizza, bro. It's fine. Yeah, it's just my pizza, and then they go freaking bananas, bro. But um, I I don't know. I don't think it will ever happen. There was one thing that was so stupid. I think it's just people <laughs> trying to just be too. I don't know. It's basically they're trying to talk about social media for dogs. Yeah. Where you, like virtual reality where your dog can be chilling in your living room and being able to chat to another dog somewhere else. Oh my and gosh. you yeah, like there's a hologram of the of the dogs and they can chat to each other and bark and like mm. play and there's like a thing that releases a ball. But one thing that might be quite interesting is tug of war. So they were saying there's a rope yeah. attached to um a machine on your side yeah. and somewhere overseas there's another rope attached to another machine yeah. and the force that this dog's pulling that dog will feel it and they'll be able to play tug of war with oh each other which is clever in concept yeah. but it will never work look i think that dog's not gonna know that he's fighting some <laughs> other dog somewhere else he's just gonna think that something's pulling the rope no i think i don't know uh, that's it sounds a bit far-fetched i think as the years go by obviously we know technology is just getting better and better and better but I think I think there's other shit we need to fix first yeah. before we start uh, helping our dogs uh, have tug of war with a dog in America or somewhere like that. <laughs> so there's other cuck that needs to be sorted out first. And those geniuses that are inventing that stuff need to come up with other inventions to sort out other issues we have before they fix, you know, tug of war with their dogs and throwing balls with their dogs, bro. Oh, nah. <laughs> it's far-fetched, but it's cool. It's an awesome concept. I dig it, but nah. We'll pass. We'll pass. Bro, yeah. Did you see Julius Malema? Parting, bro. DJ Malema. Bro, this oak, just to put into perspective for some of you guys, this man was joining in Ibiza and DJing in Ibiza. But there was a whole article about it. I didn't read exactly what happened with him. But apparently he funded this entire trip. Him and his, well, he funded for him and his wife to go down to Ibiza for someone's wedding. Um, but 
apparently, and then his wife even commented that he's been working exceptionally hard to be able to save money to be able to go to Ibiza, bro. He definitely, I would say, used the money in his account to fund it. Yes. But how did that, whose money, whose taxpaying that's money went qu- into that account? That's the, that's the key question there, bro. Like, yes, okay, maybe he's been working. I don't know what hard work he's been doing, but he's been working hard nonetheless, apparently, according to his wife. But yeah, whose money did he use to go there? Because it's the money from his account, yes, but from where? Because, but the man had a jaw. Oh, Juju. I, I can't, I mean, who who was, was he DJing or did was there a DJ there and then he went onto the set? I think there was a DJ there and then he just, because there's, there's another video I've seen of him before as well. There, look, there were a few big names. I think Black Coffee was there. Um, there were a few people that were there. I was knowing Julius, he probably knows Black Coffee. But that's the thing, Bruce. So uh, there were a few people of power, well, not power, just big names there. Um, and then it was someone's wedding, and the, there were a group of guys that, you know, that organized this entire party and the whole thing. So, yeah, no, they were having a lacquer jewel in Ibiza, bro. So, I don't know. <laughs> hey, bro. Special. Very special individuals i, th- I in think that's that's the thing where you know people that will vote for the eff and they w- like for people to see julius there mm. partying there mm. djing but the people that are voting for him are the people in poverty and it's the people that he is you know he's a, he's a con artist he's, he's someone yeah. that is trying to tell the people in poverty that they are in poverty because of other people. Yeah. And he's not saying, you know, let's try and build up our country together. Yeah. He's saying, let's take all those people in power or those people that have privilege, take them out, kill them, get rid of them. Yeah. So that there's just more for us. But that's, but that, but that's the whole thing. And that's, that's what frustrates me as well. The most about all of this stuff is all of these promises get made that we need to fix this. We need to do this. We need to do this. Okay, cool. Then fix it. But now you, Jolene in Ibiza, and like you say, people in poverty now are still going to vote for him at the end of the day. And, and that's that's what annoys me the most. Um, can, can people not see the bigger picture of what is actually happening? Can you not, are you oblivious to it? What's, what's, I'd like to know, like if I could get a group of people into a room and just ask them certain questions and be like, okay, what do you envision here? What what are you seeing here? What's making you want to do this, or possibly want to vote for an individual, but they are jawing and having fun overseas or in Ibiza? Yeah, like what like, what is Julius promising people? Because yes, every ma- political yeah. party, every political leader promises things and p- promises change yeah. and promises. Yeah. moving forward so what separates you know people voting for julius when he mm. is so out there and mm. it's not and he's so polarizing it's not like he is just you know we want the better for the country we want all of these things yeah. he's very actively against white people yeah so like what promises is he making because everyone promises equality everyone promises yeah. more jobs everyone promises no load shedding all of that stuff yeah. you know why do people believe his lies? Yeah. Look, I mean, that's not even not even just him. They all do the exact same thing. I mean, we all have our parties that we vote for and the same 
shit gets said throughout every freaking political party. We'll promise this, we'll deliver this, we'll deliver this. Look, at the end of the day, half of it hasn't even been delivered in any case. So, but but like I say, I'd lo- just love to know, like you say, what, what does he say to them that makes them, at the end of the day, vote for him? Because he's obviously, phew, he must be saying something great. Because now, like if, from my perspective, if I was someone that was supporting his movement and... I see him now. Now I'm someone who's struggling on a daily basis. Um, I I don't live a, a great lifestyle. I'm not um, shelter over my head is barely kept together. Uh, I'm having possibly one meal a day, if not zero meals a day. Um, I'm not earning anything and that stuff. I'm scavenging around and all of that. Now I do all of that now, and I go and see a man in a party central of the world one of the most well-known party places it's not cheap to be there um having the time of his life but i'm sitting here suffering now that's just going to make me question okay he's doing that but it's like like maybe i should just pull out and not vote for this guy anymore maybe if i vote for another party maybe there'll be something different maybe i'll be able to get what i'm i'm longing for maybe i'll be able to get that job that i've been wanting to do even if it's uh minimalistic job or it's something small it's something but i don't know he's got a, he's got a grip on he's got a grip on them clearly that they still stick around and but uh, we were speaking last night um i think i think it's also got to do with the people that he associates himself outside of the country not even just in yet because i know I heard a little rumor about, or not a rumor, I think it was actually on that article that he, one of the guys that was there at that party pumped like 200 million into the EFF or something along those lines. So I also think it's the outside outside world that is not accustomed to how he behaves in our country. They see him as someone completely different that are helping fund what he believes firmly in, obviously. But, you know, but like I say, if I could get people into a room and just ask them, wow, what's, what, what do you see? What's, what's the reason behind your choices and that stuff? Just to get an understanding where then, you know, it would clear up a lot for me then as well. Then I would know, okay, why do, why do you do what you do? Why do you vote for a man who's having fun overseas, but you're busy struggling? Um, so I don't know. That's a that's a that's a can of worms for another day, Drew. Who knows? It is I think it's also they see him like let's say they might see him there partying. Yeah. And they might believe that one day they'll have that kind of wealth as <laughs> well. Yeah. You know they'll be there and they'll be as privileged as he has become. Yeah. Through voting for him and yeah. through what he promises them. And also, you know, it's also if you don't vote for him, your family is then threatened or yeah. your family is in danger because, you know, you live in a community where it's predominantly EFF. And if you're not also voting for EFF, yes. it could be a problem for you and your family and your safety. Yeah, I think that is probably, within, and that's probably a good point to to point out because that's probably the case. It's You are in a community where we vote and we stand for one political party and we have to vote for them. If you don't do that and... 
I mean, we're in one of the top crime countries in the world. Who says that if you don't vote, they're just going to put a gun to your head and blow your brains out? Because that's probably the threats that people get. Because if you didn't have a job, yeah, you not not arriving the next day, yeah. you not working for anyone who's going to be like, hey, where's Chris today? Mm. You know, no one's going to be asking questions if you just suddenly disappear and you're no longer around. But yeah. And also, the area you're in, there's not as many police vehicles driving yeah. through. There's no patrols. Exactly. So, you know, potentially it could be, you could be definitely more at risk in terms of your own safety for not voting for that party. Because, I mean, for us, if we want to vote for anyone, we vote for anyone. I'm That's the thing, bro. Yeah. We live in a safer I wouldn't say safe because it's South Africa, but a safer environment. Yes, where you're pretty safe to vote for who you want. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. It's I definitely think that's a key factor that influences people's mindset when it comes to voting, um, because I mean you're getting threatened if you don't vote for EFF. There's going to be consequences if you don't vote for DA. If you don't vote for ANC, there's going to be consequences. So it probably that probably is an aspect that does influence the choices that people make. I definitely think it involves a lot of, there's a lot of issues with regards to that. So, and that sucks. That's the annoying part is that the people probably see past the promises, the, all of that stuff that is made to them, but they've got no choice at the end of the day because it's a community decision. It's what everybody does majority but then that also links to the same thing as people are like oh no we're not gonna vote because what's my vote gonna make a difference if as everyone well. has that mindset then no one votes but you then. see but you see but that's 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 the that's the annoying part as well the you know uh, for any party of that matter it's you all everyone's just like oh why does my i'm not gonna vote because my vote's not gonna matter it's gonna mean nothing i'm one individual at the end of the day it all does flip and matter you get ten thousand individuals that are thinking that that are voting for the party that might actually make the change exactly it could have made the difference yeah so those people you know what you can sit on it and shove it because dude i'll be honest i did last elections i I never voted because i was in the queue yeah of about three (laughs) thousand people and I said to my mom, let's go. We'll come back later. And you never went back. And then I never went back. <laughs> Look, dude, it's... Uh, but I don't... I'm, I'm not one who really complains a lot about our yeah. government. I'm kind of just like, we deal with it. Yeah, look, I'm also, I think I've gotten to that point where it's just like, you take it as it comes. It's And like we say, it's uh, it's things you can't control. It's... And it doesn't just, mean... Yeah. And it doesn't... So this is actually a, a good example on Saturday, my dad and I were cycling in Ramsach there. You know, next to the stadium, there's yes. this dirt road. Yes, and yeah, yeah. So we saw Oaks just dumping yeah. stuff, dumping there. My dad, like, being the man he is, not in a negative way, shouted at these guys. Yeah. And I was like, dude, just leave them. Like, what? how is it, what is it going to achieve? Yeah. That guy has got a beer in his hand. They're dumping things. Like, you shouting at them yeah. is not going to change them from doing this. You're just going to upset yourself. Yeah. So he's like, Jesse, but... Uh, someone has to do something because if no one does anything, where are your kids aren't going to be able to cycle where we just cycled one day. Yeah. Ki- because this country is just going to go even mm. more downhill. And I said to him, sure, I understand, but how is it going to change that guy's mind Yeah, by you shouting at him? Yeah, And he's like, okay, hey, true. Then maybe I go up to him. I was like, bro, a white male going up to these oaks, four of them. Yeah. they pro- The one guy was drinking. Who knows how much they've drunk. Yeah. Dumping the stuff and you going and saying, and reprimanding them, I don't think that's going to have no. a good effect. I think 
the only thing you can do in that situation is maybe take their license plate down and report them. Yeah. But also we know that that reporting is also not going to yeah. do anything. So, you know, it's unfortunate because what do you do? How do you respond? What in that mm. kind of situation? Because cycling past and shouting and swearing at them isn't going to change the situation. Yeah. It's not going to make them stop. They're going to do it in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Reporting them is maybe the only route, but also yeah, reporting them. Who do you like? Who's going to go there now after reporting them a good find? Exactly. No, but that's look. He's got a point of saying, you know, who's going to say anything to them? Someone has to at least say something, but it, it doesn't change anything. And that's also something I've learned, even just on our on our roads with the taxis as well. Bro, it doesn't even nowadays. Shouting at a taxi driver, like I said, upsets you and there's no point of it anymore because he's going to do what the hell he wants to do. If he wants to pull out mean, in front of you, yeah. he'll do it. It doesn't Because you, let's say, have stopped shouting at yeah. him, it doesn't mean that you're accepting of it. Yes. It just means that you shouting at him yes. or you not shouting at yeah. him is going to have the same effect yeah. on him if he does do it or not. Exactly. So yeah. it's not acceptance and it's not allowance. Yeah. It's kind of just removing yourself from the situation and not allowing something that's so far out of your control yes. to affect exactly. you because you know and I know, we've all been guilty of it, people watching this as well. Yeah. If you shout at a taxi, you swear at a taxi, you get enraged, yeah. enraged, whatever, you then drive away and it's affecting you and it's affecting the rest of your day possibly because yeah. I know I've been in a situation like that where I'll think about that and it'll frustrate <laughs> me the entire day yeah, and fine. it has no benefit. Yeah. I mean, that's something I remember my mom taught me when I was young. It's like, Jesse, you can't be upset with someone else. Mm. You need to forgive them because that person is not going to know you're upset with them. Yeah. All it's going to do is consume you. Yeah. And that person is going to continue living their life. Yeah. And you being angry at them is going to have probably, like, a, let's just say a taxi driver. Yeah. Don't talk about friends and that kind of stuff. But a taxi, like, you being angry at that taxi driver yeah. the entire day, then going home and taking it out on your family or taking it out on other people, yeah. it's not going to affect that taxi driver. No, it's not. But that's uh, that's why it's it's something you just heard uh, learn to accept nowadays. It's. It's and like it's not like you say. I'm not agreeing with what he does, but I, I know no matter what I say, he's just gonna either give me the middle finger or tell me literally just tell me to foot sack, and then I'm just gonna then I sit there You're swearing to yourself. Yeah, then I'm driving my <laughs> driving on my way home, and I'm having this full on roll in my head with this guy because he cut me off. And at the end of the day, it's. Like you say, you go home and you pissed off and then you start rolling with everybody else now because you've had a cuck day because of one taxi driver. All he's done is carried on driving, collected people, got in money, gone home, and he's chilled. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's irrelevant. It's, it all ties down to it's something that you cannot do. Bro. It's, you can't control it and there's no point in upsetting yourself nowadays over shit like that. We just need to accept we are in the country that's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, it's bro. It's stunning, but it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the people that run it, yeah, not doing the best job. No. But the place we are, that's why you just, you know, what can you control? You can control looking at the beautiful things and yes. looking at your own happiness. Yes. You can maybe control reporting that guy. I can't, con I can, you know, let's just look at that situation. What could my dad control in that situation or what could I control in yeah. that situation? We can control how upset we get. Yes. So we cannot allow ourselves to get upset. upset yeah. We can allow ourselves to be upset 
and complain about it yeah. to someone or report it, yeah. but then move on from it. Yeah. Not allow it to affect our happiness or to affect our perception on things or allow it to then cause a fight with the partner yeah. or then allow it to make you bitter. Because if you allow other people, that's actually what I want to close off with is a quote where you were talking about something that reminded me of it is mm. if you want to see who controls you, yeah. look at the person you're not you're not allowed to offend. Or if you want if you want to find out who your master is, yeah. look at the person you're not allowed to offend. Okay. And I mean, that's true. If you can't tell someone your opinion, yeah. they're a master of you. Yeah. If you're too scared of upsetting someone, I mean, us as boys yeah. have definitely been in a situation with our dads. Yes. Or even our moms, you know, where You've got an opinion that might be different to them. Yes. But we'll keep it to ourselves because we don't want to offend them yes. by having a different perspective to them. Yeah. You know, then they're almost in control of us. Yes. And, you know, we can have that in a country. You can have that in a school where you're a student and there's a teacher. You can have that anywhere where, mm. you know, if you aren't, and that's also kind of where we've got in our country or society in general, is you can't have an opinion because you're too scared of offending someone. Yeah. Like obviously don't voice hurtful opinions. Yes. But if you disagree with a political stance or if you disagree with anything, yeah. if you are too scared to offend a person, that person controls you. Yeah. No, I agree, bro. It's look, it's and that ties that ties in with our one of our laws. We have the right to freedom of speech. You're allowed to voice your opinion. You're allowed to say what you want to say, but you've obviously got to look at it in the sense of you've got to be careful in the way that you say it. Um, and yeah, I think as, as South Africans, we okay. Well, we're at that. I think everybody's at that point now where they don't know how to say things. Like yeah. they, they just now it's just pure rage because of all the stuff that we're going through. There's no way to just be like, okay, maybe we can look at it from this aspect and that stuff. But now it's just people are going crazy and going off because we have power cuts every single day. I think it's just the point of desperation where you can absolutely do nothing. Yeah. What can you and I do about this load journey? What can you and I yeah. do about who's in power other than voting? Yeah. You know, what can you and I do about Popotos? What can you and I do about... And this is goes for every single yeah. citizen almost. There's absolutely nothing you can do yeah. other than vote for a party and just hope, hope they win. The <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's it's you we can't do. We just have to sit back and basically enjoy the ride. Well, try enjoy it because of obviously everything that goes on. Um unfortunately, yeah, we're in that situation. We can voice how we want what we want to voice. We can Try not have the people control us, like you say. You know, if you don't voice what you want to say, then that person has a hold on you, for instance, or they are the master of you. So, yes, you can voice what you want to say. At the end of the day, they are still going to do or believe what they believe in. Um, and that's the thing with the, the, the country in general. It's We can voice what we want to say. We can put it all over social media. We can go on about it every single day. At the end of the day, they are going to do what they still want to do regardless. Um, and I think, yeah, unfortunately, it's something we just got to sit back and fuck and hope fuss and hope for the best. <laughs> At least we're yeah. doing it in a nice-ish environment. Yeah. Just try to get out to the bush as much as possible. Try to get out to the mountains. Go to the beach. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely... 
you know what? If you're freaking out about everything in the city and that stuff, just go take a trip somewhere to clear your mind a little bit and then come back and then you reset. <laughs> and then 30 seconds later, you need another trip. <laughs> well, literally, that's a, that was that was us. We got back from the Kruger on Sunday, bro. We literally got back from the Kruger. Obviously, nice recharge, reset. Everything else, we had load shedding while we were there, but there was a generator, so you weren't even affected by it. Come back here. Yeah, what's the first thing we arrive? Four o'clock. Escom, <laughs> like shitty. Nice. We're like, oh, back to the crazy cars all over the road on the highways and low shitty. I mean, what more could you possibly ask for, bro? But that's the country we're in. So we appreciate. It's things we have. We just got to appreciate the small shit in life. Mm. Appreciate the little bushfelds over here, bushfeld over there, the sea, all of that stuff. Appreciate all of those things, um, and then just yeah, take it as it comes because there's unfortunately. We cannot control until the higher powers get their acts in order and that stuff. We just along for the joyride and we have to sit tight and hope that everything works in our favor at some stage in life. So, yeah, sucks. Well, I hope you guys are watching this. Actually, if you're watching this with your daughter during load shedding, cool. If you've even watched this far, maybe just comment below. I made it to 50 minutes or whatever this is. Yeah. We'll appreciate it and we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Peace.